Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Today on Conflict Managed, we are joined by Landy Fuqua, the Director of the Regional Entrepreneurship and Economic Development Center, which houses the Tennessee Small Business Development Center at the University of Tennessee Martin. Landy is a graduate of the University of Tennessee at Martin with a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture and a Master's of Business Administration. Landy serves on the Northwest Tennessee Workforce Development Board, Buckley County Leadership Committee, and is president of the Martin Business Association Board. She is a graduate of the Delta Leadership Institute, West Star Leadership, Weekly County Leadership, and served on the Delta Leadership Network's Regional Advisory Council. In addition to serving as a full-time director of the Reed Center, Landy is co-owner of Old Salem Farms, along with her husband of 44 years, Bill. Together, they have three daughters and eight grandchildren. Good morning, Landy, and welcome to Conflict Managed. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's nice to see you this morning. It's nice to see you too. Uh, we're both smiling because Landy and I um, work in the same area. I rent a space at the Reed Center, the co-business space here in town, and Landy is the manager. She runs it. And we love having you here, Mary. You've been a bright spot. Um, we've enjoyed watching your business grow over the last year, and it's it, you're inspiring, and we love having you here. Oh, thank you so much, Landy. But we're going to talk about you today. So um, let's start as we always start this podcast with let's hear about your work experience from your very first job up to the present. Oh, my goodness. Well, I have a kind of a varied past. We moved to Martin in the late 60s, and my father was a, a partner in a uh, drugstore here in downtown Martin. And I, I remember at the age of 12, I would go in on Saturdays and stock shelves and uh, learned how to wait on customers and run the cash register and make change. And uh, that I did that all through high school and even through college. And then after college, um, I, we, I married um, my high school sweetheart. And uh, I married a, a dairy farmer who had at that at that time, I think about 300 cows. So not only did I marry him, I we married 300 cows. So um, <laughs> we had uh, lots of young ladies to love on. And uh, I love animals. And I decided at that point I wanted my college to career to help our business. So I uh, went to college and got a degree in agriculture. Uh, specializing in animal science. And directly out of college, I started working in Dresden for Dr. Paul Chandler, who is a, a world-renowned dairy nutritionist who worked with dairy farmers all over the United States and Europe. And that was very eye-opening and just a very rewarding job. Uh, I'd worked with people I know, uh, met people in Italy and all over the East Coast and the West Coast and even down around the Gulf. So I got to meet lots and lots of folks. The only thing is I never really got to meet them in person. And we didn't have Zoom in those days. So I didn't ever get to, to I talked to them on the phone all the time, but I never uh, got to see them face to face. And then I had um, a girlfriend that decided to join a cosmetic company, and she kept telling me I needed to do this. Well, at that time, we had three children. I had a nine-month-old. Our youngest daughter was, was nine months old, and I had a desire to be at home with those children and to um, be an at-home mother. So um, I took a step of faith into uh, working for this cosmetic company. 
and did that until all of my girls were grown and our, our girls all got married. Uh, and then I came to the Regional Entrepreneurship and Economic Development Center at that point, uh, working here, uh, been here for the last 14 years and enjoy. Uh, I helped women in the cosmetic business and now I have the opportunity to help everyone that is in business. So it's it's been a very rewarding uh, career and it's been, I, I feel like I'm a cheerleader. I feel like I get to help people and that, that I guess that's the thing that, that makes me the happiest is getting to help people and seeing them smile. That really shows in the work that you do because I've um, known you now for about a year and a half and I see your work ethic play out as you interact with the community. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see people doing their passion. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's fun. It's fun to be that cheerleader and uh, see them succeed. I so love you, that part. You mentioned your first job out of college as being rewarding, but then you said, but you, you got to meet all those people, but you didn't get to meet them in person. What was rewarding about that job? I guess just, um, again, success, those um, helping those farmers maximize milk production. And also, the I, I was able to help our own farm. I was able to, uh, we changed some things because of my relationship with, um, with Dr. Chandler, and we were able to maximize milk production. And I'm sure people are going, what is that? But that's, you know, we, we, able, we were able to streamline things and to grow the farm um, by, by, doing some things that he knew about and advised us on. So it was rewarding to see our own family benefit uh, from my first job out of, out of college. And what was that work dynamic like? What was the office environment like? Dr. Chandler was, um, was like my second father. Loved me and wanted the best for me. He loved my children. He, and I mean, he, he sacrificed for me, um, helping us with the farm. There was this, there was a time where, you know, farming in the eighties, farming was not profitable and it, he helped us. And that I just, I'll never forget that. And um, I'm very, I'm very uh, thankful for him for giving me that, that opportunity to, to grow and to learn and to benefit our family. That's wonderful to feel that kind of support and uh, when we think about good work environments, I I am oft, I often say work is not family. And yet we can find these amazing relationships that are, are built a lot of times because we show up to work wanting to do a good job. And if we have that right mix with a boss who also feels this, the same way, we can flourish not only professionally, but personally. I did flourish in that job. And, and Dr. Chandler would always tell me, that I had a master's degree in nutrition. I just didn't have the paper to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, to, to, sometimes we undervalue um, on the job training Mm -hmm. and uh, how much we learn from getting into it, whatever job we're in and digging in and learning and growing. And sometimes we know more Mm -hmm. than certainly the person who just graduated with that, with that degree. So tell us about um, your cosmetic experience. Uh, What drew you to that career and what was it like for you? What drew me to the choosing to stay at, be a stay-at-home mom mom was that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, Being in the dairy business, it's it's a seven day a week, 24 hour a day uh, business. And I felt the need to be at home. 
so that so that the kids would always have that parent there with them. So my girlfriend was was very convincing of, that I needed, you know, this would be the thing that I needed to do. And I've always loved cosmetics, even back into when my um, dad had the pharmacy, we had a cosmetic counter and he took uh, my sister and I to Memphis to learn about cosmetics and how to apply them correctly. He was very, he, you know, wanted us to make sure that we uh, looked good when we did learn to, when we put our makeup on and he wouldn't let us wear makeup till we were 16. So it was kind of odd that, you know, here I get into the cosmetic business after I couldn't wear cosmetics till I was 16, but I'd always enjoyed that part. Uh, but the thing at, when I decided to join the cosmetic company with my girlfriend, I had a very low self-esteem and it wasn't that um, I was, I, I really don't know why I had a low self-esteem. I had worked, you know, I was working with dairy farmers. I was working in this office, but the only thing I think is because I wasn't one-on-one -on -one with people that I was on a phone in an office with just my uh, Dr. Chandler and I, I think I lost my self-esteem at that point. And I had three children and I remember vividly one night that um, I needed formula for the nine month old. And my husband was out on the farm and it was like nine o'clock at night and Walmart was, it was almost nine o'clock and Walmart was getting ready to close and I needed formula. And I remember going to find him so he could go to Walmart with me. I wouldn't even go to Walmart by myself. I had such a low self-esteem and that was painful. Um, that's conflict within yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was not always that way. I worked with people when I was 12, all the way uh, to this point. But at some point, I, I lost myself. And I, it was a very big step for me to decide to, to sell cosmetics, because that is asking people to buy things. And uh, luckily, the, my girlfriend that talked me into to selling cosmetics took my hand and walked me through getting over that. And by working one-on-one -on -one with women, making them feel better about themselves was rewarding. And within just a few months, I was earning a free car. And within my first nine months, I won a free car. And I'll never forget, my husband and I went and picked up the car from the dealership, brand new car, and we were sitting on the bed and I I looked at him and I said, I can't, I can't believe I did that. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I don't care if what you make, what you do, but seeing you have your self-esteem back, back is worth a million dollars to me. Mm -hmm. So that that encouraged me to help other women. Uh, feel that way about themselves. So I spent quite a bit of time with that company. I earned six cars in that company. And uh, then our girls graduated um, and on to marriage and college. And um, then I decided that I wanted to help more people. So that's, that's how I came to the Reed Center. Landy, thank you for telling us that story. And I think it's so interesting because it doesn't sound like something really adverse happened to you where you lost your self-esteem. You had it and then it just sort of went away. And sometimes that happens to us, right? I mean, 
I also have three kids and when kids are small, depending on your personality and who you are and your life circumstances, for me, that was really tough. It was, it was very challenging because I am, I like to be out and about. I like to be with people, but it, it can be very isolating being home alone with children. So I don't know. I'm not trying to find the cause of no, what happened. No, I, I really don't know either. I do know that my first meeting that we went with other women I had been looking at that nine-month-old's face every day, and I remember we were putting makeup on, and I'm thinking, their faces look big to me, because I had been looking at our precious daughter's little face so much that um, it felt odd that I was with adults and talking adult conversation and not making baby talk. Yeah. So um, that I, I vividly remember that day how it felt. And, um, that was that, I think that was when my self-esteem started to grow again. And I found, I found myself again and it's so painful to be, to have low self-esteem. And I, I tend to look for that in people because that makes, um, because I understand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I tell people that I would, at this point in my career that I wouldn't go to Walmart by myself. They find that shocking. Yeah. Especially knowing you now, it, it, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it is shocking, but I think that's so interesting that in our career through our life, we find ourselves sometimes in these really dark places. I recently wrote a book about recovering from binge eating disorder. And I think people from the outside, even people that I know pretty well had no idea what I was, was battling. And the pain associated with those sorts of battles, but you can come through it, right? right? If you find yourself for whatever reason, suffering from low self-esteem, you say you started that with talking about internal conflict. And I think a lot of the conflict that we find in our families, in our work organizations is because we have a lack We're we're lacking something. And so we react. And certainly when we have low self-esteem, it's easier to react instead of being thoughtful and reflective and de-escalating circumstances. Yeah, you know, Mary, people thought I was stuck up. I, you know, I don't know a better word for that. They thought because I wouldn't engage with them, they thought I was, um, that I was stuck up. And it wasn't that. It was that I was afraid to engage. Mm. And um, that, and so I look for that now. I, I watch women now and try to, try to connect with that person when I, when I meet that, that it may not be gruff. The gruffness may not be uh, that they're a gruff person. 99% of the time it's not, it's uh, it's their own inner turmoil. That is such an excellent point because so many times we take somebody's silence or gruffness as an attack on us. Oh, you're doing this to me instead of what you're saying is this is about them. Mm-hmm. How can I speak into them? How can I listen to them and not my first stance be offended or feel like I need to defend myself, but rather what's going on with you? How can I serve and be present with you? That's lovely. Thank you. Well, thank you. So your current job um, at the Reed Center, you help a whole host of people. And so a lot of the people that you see, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, are people who are entrepreneurs or people who are starting out in business. How do you help them? And what do you see are some perennial 
pitfalls that they are in danger of falling into. Oh, I just say, say what, do what I say, not what I do. (laughs) I would, you know, I think just having life experience, I can help prepare them for what might happen. And so one of the things when, when I first meet with an entrepreneur, especially if they're going to be in a partnership or have employees, but mostly if they're going to be in a partnership is to talk about an exit strategy. And you think that's odd. We're getting into business. Why would I want to think about how to get out of business? But when you are positive, you're excited, you need to think about that, especially as partners, because you need to have, you need to be prepared because life happens and things happen. And one partner may have an illness and or or a, a life circumstance change that changes the way they they want to work or need to work. And so you need to be prepared for that. So I think prep, preparation, uh, being, you know, being upfront on what, what the exit strategy is when you're happy with each other is, is a great plan. So I always encourage that. And, and, and I even tell this to spouses, uh, when they come in and want to want, you know, they're starting a business and I, and I'm like, okay, what, what happens? Divorce does happen. Not that that would ever happen to you, but you need to be prepared for that and have this business set up on the front end correctly so that it's less painful. Uh, if it's partners that are not related, I talk about uh, going to an attorney and having something drawn up. You write it up and then you go to an attorney, have it looked at and then have the, the attorney sign off on it. So that um, it, I, I just wish I could tell more people to do that because it, it saves a lot of stress and anxiety and hurt feelings uh, later on because um, life does happen. That is such excellent advice. Whether we are starting a new business with somebody or we just are running a business because we've got a new employee, mistakes are going to happen. They're going to do things that they ought not be doing or not have the best day or the best quarter. Mm-hmm. And being upfront and say, okay, we're human. Mistakes happen. You know, we, you'll need to be corrected. I'm sure I'll need to be corrected. This is how we deal with this now. This is how we deal with this in our organization and being clear and direct instead of just being in the honeymoon phase and thinking (laughs) everything is going to be just fine. Everything's wonderful all the time. Not happening. That's right. (laughs) A heavy dose of realism is, is helpful to, I think, help ground you. And I actually think that can um, give a kind of security, Mm -hmm. right? So when things go wrong, this is going to be our plan because things will be unexpected. And if we want to dissolve, suppose I don't want to be doing this in 10 years and you do, or what, what, what will happen then? At what point do we sell this business? I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of business owners build a business to sell and some build a business to stay there forever. But uh, and if two partners have um, opposing views on that, you definitely need to have that. You know, at, when when you get to that point, you want to sell, then how do I buy that part from you? Landy, when you look over your different <clears throat> work environments and the different people you've worked with and worked for, what jumps out at you as the best experience you had with a person or an organization? And what was it for you 
That was so good. Oh my goodness. I I have so many good ones. I mean, just, I have been so blessed um, to have wonderful bosses and, um, and then to work for yourself is a blessing in itself. Um, being able to, um, to make your own choices. I do tell, I do tell business owners when they, you know, starting their own business, watch out, you can be too good of a boss. <laughs> so you, you need to be, you know, remind, remind yourself, you know, that you can only have so many vacations or, uh, but I, I don't know. I just have so many fond memories. I, Dr. Chandler was one when, um, when I uh, started the cosmetic company, I had a family of women that loved me no matter what. And coming from working with men to working with women, men like to, you just tell it, you know, if, if you have an issue, you just tell them and they don't uh, take it the same way a woman would. So I had some rough edges when I came into the cosmetic company. Uh, not only was I dealing with a low self-esteem um, confidence problem, I was I was working with men who wanted you to tell them exactly what you thought. And women, you've got to pad that a little bit. You can't just tell them that. And um, I, once I was in the management and I had... Um, a, a young lady who just really had some issues. And again, I think it was also self-confidence, low self-esteem, and she was causing um, division within the, a, a group of women. We were at a conference and it was, I mean, I was having women come to me saying, what do we need to do? She's, you know, she's very upset. And, and so I, you know, at that point, um, Typically, I would wait and let the situation calm before I said anything, but she was making the trip miserable for everyone, and I had to confront her, and I um, tried to confront her in love, and she she didn't want a confrontation, but um, I, um, I felt I, after that, after we were able to find out exactly what the problem was, she wasn't feeling loved. She was feeling like everybody uh, was talking about her because of her self-confidence. And I think, you know, once we, once we confronted the problem and were able to talk about the problem, uh, she, she warmed up and the rest of the trip went really well. But um, that was one, one day, but I did have, you know, I feel like because I was loved and nurtured by these women, I learned how to do that for other women too. Um, that, um, and like I said, I look for those women in groups that um, are not engaging um, and want to, I want to connect with them because I, I feel a call um, to try to help them. So, um, and then um, I, I'll also have to say when I came to the Reed Center, Holly Holt was um, the director here at that time. And uh, Holly was, is a jewel. Um, she's still a dear friend of mine. And uh, she helped me become more of a leader. She encouraged me to participate in leadership activities, um, encouraged me to step out. She allowed me to start counseling uh, other business owners and, and taught me um, how to do that. So um, that then, then when she um, went to another career, she recommended that I become the director of the Reed Center. And I will forever be grateful for that, uh, that she saw in me something 
um, that um, would would be beneficial here. And so, and I'm still here. So I, you know, I, I've been here 14 years now and I just don't, I'm getting close to retirement age and I talk about retirement some, but I'm not ready to retire. I think as long as I can help people and be, be here to guide, help, uh, counsel pe- folks, I, that's such a rewarding job. So rewarding. So it's a paycheck. Mary Kay always called it a paycheck of a heart. And uh, I love those paychecks, not the financial ones, the ones of the heart. Yeah. Several things that you've said I want to touch on. I think it's interesting how we can develop and grow through our careers. And you maybe go to school for one thing and then you find yourself in another place. And then as you grow and you change jobs, you find yourself in another place. And your decision that you want to know more about leadership. And boy, did you do that. Uh, will you talk about the all the different leadership programs that you have been involved in, just to give people an idea of if they're thinking, how do I grow? What what are some opportunities that you have availed yourself of? Oh, I, I, I would start with your chamber first. Well, Holly really encouraged me, even paid for my leadership dues. And I did weekly county leadership. And um, I did that early on in when I came to the Reed Center. That was one of the first things she encouraged me to do. And oh, my goodness, eye opening. You're in the schools, you're in, you know, in industries, you're uh, in your healthcare, you're in agriculture. Learning everything in your community is very, very uh, eye opening, you know, because I think we tend to get siloed into what, you know, what um, we do. And we don't realize that how life happens outside of our own own circle. So that was very eye-opening. The next step was after Leadership Weekly County was to go to West Star. And that's a a regional leadership organization that is all over West Tennessee. Then we went into different communities to see how same, you know, same type concept, and we uh, got to know the people from other counties and still friends today, you know, still um, there, there's a network that uh, you can pull from. If you have an issue in your community, you can, you know, you think, oh my goodness, that happened here. Let me go talk to them. So that was very rewarding. And then I applied for Delta Leadership, which is an eight state leadership a program. It's called Delta Leadership Institute. And oh my goodness, uh, then you're into states and meeting people from other states. And we're like family. Uh, I work now uh, with five uh, people. We are all in economic development. We were all pretty much in the same leadership class. And we have created an, an alliance between Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas and Tennessee to help promote economic development in our area. And that um, that's also rewarding because we're working with with people everywhere on concerns, on concerns in this area. Since we're so rural, we we don't have the same issues that they do in Memphis or New Orleans. It's it's a different circumstances. So I I've enjoyed that. So that that's really the only ones that I've done. But um, they did keep me very busy, and um, uh, I would love to do more. But I don't know that time would allow. You know, so much of being a leader is being reflective. And from the very first one, from Weekly County Leadership Program, you know, 
every, all these experiences helped open our eyes. And he said, get us out of our silo and get us thinking about other people and other ways of being and other issues and other problems and points of view. And the more we expand our awareness of our community and the needs of others, I think the better we become as leaders. And then you said the all important of networking, networking to expand again, your ideas, your resources, and the more that we expand personally, the better leaders we are for the people in front of us. Exactly. You know, in, in these leadership programs, we learn that healthcare is economic development. And you, you don't think that way. You think that's healthcare, but the health of the people in our communities reflects on our economic development. It is if they're not healthy, they can't work. Mm-hmm. And that that was so eye-opening to me, you know, that I had never considered healthcare. My parents are both healthcare, and I had never considered that economic development. So um, that you just learn so much, and and you find lifetime friends too in in those leadership programs. One other thing that you mentioned when you were talking about being at the conference and needing to have a, a difficult conversation with someone that you managed. And it was through the conversation that an understanding, you, you've, it was the, the dialogue and the conversation that brought out why this person was behaving in a certain kind of way. And I think, you know, that is the magic of dialogue. When somebody is doing some sort of behavior, let's say they're gossiping or they are planning discord or whatever it might be. And we, it's, it is very tempting to say, again, it's all about you are trying to be a bad person. You don't care about anybody else, which is a reflection of my ego, right? <laughs> I need to be cared for and you're not caring about me instead of saying, okay, what's going on mm-hmm. and actually having a conversation. Because as you said, once that happened, it's amazing how the problem can be addressed and resolved and not just resolve, but restore, you can restore relationships. But if you don't have that conversation, we're stuck imagining the other person is bad. The other person is the problem instead of, well, let's find out what it actually is so we can solve it. And I think that was looking back on that once we, once I found out you know, that what the issue was, she was just uncomfortable and feeling like she wasn't welcome or, and it was just her self-esteem. I think once I told the other women, she's just feeling bad about herself. Then we all, everybody came back to her and loved on her and made her feel better about herself. And um, that, that was, that was a beautiful moment to have, you know, for her to feel loved because she was not feeling so loved at the beginning of the, of the conference. Right. Extending empathy to others. A lot of times in professional circumstances, we think, okay, well, everybody just needs to be professional. Everybody needs to quote unquote behave. And if somebody is acting out, that's their problem. They need to solve. It has nothing to do with me, which I do think that everybody is in control of how they act at work and everybody ought to be professional but I am also in control of how I include others and the sense of belonging that I create. And if I'm a trustworthy person and if I listen to others and I genuinely care about them and insofar as that's what I'm in control of, I can 
I can build those bridges with one another. And if somebody is suffering from feeling left out or um, a low self-esteem or whatever it might be, the way that we decide to present ourselves and invest in the people around us can make a real difference in somebody else's life. Because we don't know. The most confident person can be so suffering inside. They just appear this way. Or as you said, they appear to be a snob. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that's that's our own bias of, of uh, a reflection of us, not a reflection of them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Landy, when you think about the future of work, you see so many people who are starting businesses. You also see people, I'm sure, as businesses are dissolving and they are finding different avenues or different things to do. And you're very involved in this community, in the Martin Business Association. What do you see as really vital and critical that people can do, business owners can do, to make their work environments healthy, not only where people are treated with dignity and respect, but healthy environments where people can flourish. I'm going to tell them to come see you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've learned a lot from you, Mary. And I, you know, I, I, I am now telling folks that they need someone when they have issues, they need someone to come mediate those issues that um, sometimes it's not best handled on your own. Sometimes it's better if someone with no bias helps them, that they, you know, that they they are there to help both. They're not going to be one-sided because sometimes things can get so volatile that it's, you kind of decide that I'm going to draw the line here and this is the way it's going to be. And I, and I think a lot of business owners do that sometimes. It's my bat and my ball. But, and then they lose, they, can, they, keep, they come and say, why am I, why am I my turnover? I, you know, it, it's expensive to have employee turnover. That's so expensive. And they can't understand why they've got employee turnover. Well, you need to reflect on yourself first on your, maybe you have some toxic behavior that you are not seeing and bringing someone in that's unbiased can help you realize, oh, I, it is, it is partly me. And maybe it's not, maybe there's, you're not being real clear about something and you're just assuming that that person knows. So um, I'm, I'm going to tell them to hire you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that plug. I want to plug mediate.com, which is a really wonderful resource in the States. I'm not entirely sure if they're international, but wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you are looking for a third party neutral, someone who can, who just wants to come in and and be that uh, setting up the conditions as a mediator i don't solve anything i'm not an arbitrator i just set up the conditions so that people can be heard and that they can be listened to and so that the people can solve their own problems but if you don't know of anybody in your area mediate.com you can plug in wherever you are and see the different resources available for you i'm taking notes <laughs> <laughs> Well, Landy, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your experiences with us. Well, I appreciate you having me, Mary. I look forward to seeing you in a little while. That's right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Landy, so much for your time. What a joy to talk with you today. Conflict Managed is produced by Third Party Workplace Conflict Restoration Services. You can find us online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. I'm your host, Mary Brown. 
If you are interested in little videos about how to address conflict at work, you can find me on TikTok at 3P Conflict Restoration. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care.